Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender queers, this is a safe space for myself and others to speak on things in our lives, in our world. This is a chance to see what's behind the minds of the creators, because what you see, what you hear, and what you think ain't always the truth. Here, you get to share, laugh, live, love, and sometimes debate with love. So, I have two sensual, spectacular, scandalous <laughs> guests today. I have with me ill number one and ill number two, known as Flotsam and Jetsam, Anthony Christopher Milfett. Did I say it right? Milfelt. No Milfelt. worries. Oh, we keeping that in there. And, and, <laughs> 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 I'm going to fucking his name off that. You are the um. Y'all go ahead and introduce yourself. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Anthony Christopher Milfelt. <laughs> and I'm Andy Nguyen Yam. What they said. <laughs> I was good. I was on my way. I was on my way. And then boom. So thank you. How y'all doing? Great. Thank you for being a guest on The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. I figure if I say my name enough, people will either get drunk or they'll remember it. Oh, okay. So this is my podcast that I created, you know, a couple of years back. And I did it to get to know like the artists in my city because like I knew them, but I'm like, oh, you know what? I've always wanted like a talk show. So I just started my own podcast, you know, That's amazing. and I really loved the Tyra show and the Ricky Lake show growing yes. up. So I was like, I can yeah. just have a show right now. And then I'm like, how amazing is technology that I get to just sit in my room and I could talk to people, but then people all over the world can listen to it. Amazing. I'm oh, international, yeah. bitch. <laughs> yes. Move your body, body, take your body, body. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Bring it back. Girl. So you know, let's so let's get into the tea. Let's key. So I'm glad to have y'all here because you know y'all y'all the ones I really like. Not that I just like oh. anybody else, oh. but you know when I went down with the vid, y'all was checking on me. Y'all, yeah. was, you know, it was like, hey, baby, how you doing? And I was just right in the hotel, feeling healthy, nothing wrong. <laughs> And on the sixth day, though, I was getting a little crazy, but I was happy to join y'all. Yeah. So happy, happy back. Yeah. let's just like talk about, you know, why we're here. The Little Mermaid. Uh, not the little, the <laughs> little, dumb, little dumb bitch mermaid. Ooh, that little girl who was ready to sell her family. Uh. Little and hoarder. everybody up down the sea and around and around. And everybody had her back. They're all like, hmm. Poor, poor little girl. She didn't know what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. Her she sisters did. knew exactly who she uh-huh. was. And it was like, Dad, nah, you gonna let Ariel get us all killed. <laughs> like, Aquata wasn't just mad. She was like, no, she's gonna get us all killed. This girl is not safe. Like, somebody needs to hold her down. Mm-hmm. Hashtag justice for Aquata. To the day end. So is this both of your first time being in The Little Mermaid? Yes. yes. 
this wow is this is my right. third go round. okay mm-hmm. okay i was a little fish before and I, I actually was the pilot before then i was sebastian okay and now i'm reprising the role of the the pilot you know you're not to mention understudying yeah. triton yeah. and yeah. sebastian and sebastian yeah. and you know my biggest star mother monta mother <laughs> yes. the biggest one of all why are you why are you even mother manta in the court scene <laughs> <laughs> It's like everyone else is in their their mer person outfit. And here you are just being a manta ray at court and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, like even when I'm thinking about it and like I'll go to like have my hands like this and the next thing you know I'm like this and I'm moving my fingers and I'm like, Am I half human, half manta ray? Oh no, it's blue, it's water. It doesn't get seen. I've never thought about it like that. It's a I, I didn't know that Ariel and uh Grimsby had like this like powder little joke. First time I ever saw it was today. Like she like sneezes and powder came out of nowhere. I thought it was an accident. I was like, oh, sh-. looking around like waiting for somebody to do something. And they're like, no, that's in there. It happens every day. I think day. it's the, the snarflack or the pipe. And then they put powder oh. in the pipe and she blows it. And it's like, poof. Oh, okay. See, I never would have known. I don't know where I'd be for that scene. You know better than I do. Yeah, right. I don't know what happens. We literally haven't watched any of the show unless we're in it. <laughs> oh no, y'all be in y'all, y'all be in y'all room. Y'all be. I, I, we we gonna get to that. <laughs> so, so, I am a fan of The Little Mermaid. I'm not like a diehard fan. I'm not like a diehard Disney fan, you know. But I am a fan of it. Um, and there there was a point in time in my life when I did realize one day that I'm like, damn, Ariel really was like, fuck all these fish. And I want a man with legs and other things. And she was like, and I, it, it took, I, for about a year, I was just like, I don't know how I feel about Ariel. Like, she really, so, she was like, done. And was about mm-hmm. to give it all up. And just like, we were just talking about, like, oh, no, well, she was young. And I'm like, mm, like, for real, Ariel? For this man, you never, who was a fisherman? So do they not eat fish anymore at the palace? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Is everyone well, vegan? Does she just feel that way about fish or other animals? I, I would say just fish. Like, that cow, that looks delicious. Right, but she's like Scuttle, though. Like, yeah. he can't come in this chicken on, on the deck. Right. I mean, maybe she's the first vegan princess. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Ariel, for veganism. Come on. Right. Hashtag vegan. <laughs> so, so, so. When did y'all find out y'all were going to be Flotsam and Jetsam? I was offered contracts like I was on in the middle of the sea on a ship on vacation and we happened to get Wi-Fi. So it was like May, maybe the first or second week of May. um, Lauren uh, emailed me and said, hey, this is my offer. Um, And it was it was actually because of Sam Arlen, our little Grimsby, little Grim Grim. Um, because he was like, Hey girl, are you doing anything for summer? And I was like, no, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything right now. And he was like, well, they're looking for people for little mermaid. They were specifically looking for, for actors of color. Um, so. Which we all are. <laughs> we all are. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that gig. Beautiful in my skin. Cozy in Cozy. Beige. But yeah, that's that's what I found out with like May. I saw the um, call on backstage in a like end of April probably, and this is I've worked for this company a few times, and so I just emailed Lauren. I was like, hey, I saw this call. 
and I would love to submit for it. And she was like, great, you're in the show. <laughs> I was like, cool. But I didn't know who I was until I got my contract. So I was like, oh, great. I was like, I assumed that I was going to be like in the ensemble, lifting people and lifting things for days. And- <laughs> lifting people and things. Yes. I'm gonna lift I mean, that's what I was doing my last contract. Late though, right? Yeah. Like, like two weeks before we left, I was still wondering where our contract was. Like went. I knew I was in the show, but I had not received my contract yet. So you didn't even, I knew I was Jetsam in May. Like right I mean, I think I found out, obviously I found out in May, but I don't know exactly the time frame of when I got my contract. So you've worked here before. Yes. Andy, have you? Was this your debut at the Dutch Apple? It was my debut at the Dutch Ooh. Apple. But you, you have know, worked yes. with Prater Prior. I'd worked with Prater Prior before. Correct. Yeah. So I'd... how many shows had you done? Um, this is my third show with Prater Productions. Okay, what were the other two? Uh, the other two were um, a little Christmas show called Sounds of Christmas. Um, okay. And then right after, I did Kinky Boots, and then oh, uh, Angel Number Five. Angel Number Five. How was it? How was Kinky Boots for you? Kinky Boots was amazing. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, I have been very blessed to have done it several times now as an angel. So I'd like to get up in the whole geesh. And honestly, like doing all of that um, in different parts of the United States, at back at home, um, really has made me feel like so much more comfortable in like me and my queerness and like the fact that like you know what if i'm hungry during a matinee and i have a show the next in about two hours i'm gonna go out with lashes on with everything on to rural wherever and go get me a sandwich because i'm hungry and i need to eat and nourish my body so fuck what you heard this is what it told this is what's going on so like being that vulnerable to like show up to the world in makeup is like it, 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 it's it's helped me as a human grow so it's one of those shows where i'm like i'll do it for like until i can't kick my face exactly it's, especially in um in theater it's these opportunities or these roles that you can there's the range of ages body or, or voice it's not like the the number it's just what you can mm-hmm. or cannot do mm-hmm. you can be however old like once you're grown you, you you grown so you can be however old especially when you put makeup on your face you know mm-hmm. so hopefully you can play it for years and years and I'd years be, you know come. whatever they want <laughs> i also think that's beautiful um as we i'm sure we've all experienced it in a some way in our own I, when i did my last contract i was just walking out in my little skirt and i'm in this this store and you know i've just been in that free space for a long time now but then i realized everybody was staring at me at the store and i was just like oh shit i forgot where i'm at i might not be safe and that's like what it is or you know Mm -hmm. a comfortability to just go out in your own Mm -hmm. skin and you know be cozy Mm -hmm. but it's like it's always like safety like you know it's just not thinking of like i want to be out here in makeup it's like Somebody might get mad for no reason and want to attack me <laughs> because I have all this yeah. that makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't make any sense. Right. You're hearing this here live. It doesn't make any sense. No. But people get like that. And when you move into the space of like freedom, I, I just forget. Mm-hmm. And I like being in this, you know, in this space. And as I continue, but there are those times where I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. checking it out. Like, I don't know what the. You know, the spidey sense like goes off and you just got to check your surroundings. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I'm glad that you like decided like you know what bitch I ain't got time to be trying to put this face back on I'm about to go right here and get a sandwich mind my business like take your the thing is it's like I think especially as as people of color or people that have grown up in different economic circumstances Mm -hmm. we are so often told to dim our light and be Mm -hmm. smaller and not take up the space Mm -hmm. and the you know i think at least for me since the pandemic started and just like being able to look in and like to be able to do such shows you know do shows like kinky boots and other shows that affected me um i've been been able to say you know what this is i can take up space and that is okay Mm -hmm. and all these people can take up space too because the whole idea of like well we got to take someone else's shine for you to shine no, just put more lights up. There's is plenty of shine to go around. You do not need to take someone else's. Hashtag something. put more lights up. More, Shut more, more. More, yeah. more like, love. <laughs> Alexa had an episode where she did where she was with her mom and she was like, her mom was like, Can you just dim it? She was like, No, no, I want more, 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 more love, more light, more. And I was like, Yes, come on, more lights yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. And as you said that, I just saw me hanging Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> Just saw me hanker Christmas lights. Do you remember that episode Christmas where they had to light themselves up? Uh, what season was it? Um, I think it was season twelve of America's Next Top Model, and they had this photo oh, shoot yes, where they had Allison a and light Tiana. here and a light here, and they had to like light themselves. I was like, what the? F-? And it was like this flashing light that looked like a curling iron. What? And like, this is not gonna look it good did. in any way at all. And they're like this, and I'm like, okay, Tyra, it's just getting, you know, they couldn't just keep redoing the same thing. No, yeah, it's getting crazy. But I do love Top Model. I know people got mad about a lot of stuff that's happened, but I, Top Model helped raise me, baby. Yes. It's iconic for a reason. Yes. So, Anthony, this it's is up. not your first show here. Mm-hmm. Wait, I did have one question, Andy. Mm-hmm. What's the theater in Florida called? Uh, Broadway Palm. Broadway Palm. Mm. Noted. Anthony, have you ever done a show at Broadway Palm? I have. Okay. Yeah. So how many shows have you done with Prather? With Prather? Oh, gosh. Um, I think this is either six or seven. Oh. I started in like 2016 and I did Yeston's Phantom here at the Dutch Apple and then they transferred it down to Florida. Um, but in between that, I did Evita and then Remounted Phantom, did White Christmas down there. Also did the kids shows down there. Um, and then I did My Fair Lady here and Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn here. And then now I'm doing this and How I Became a Pirate with you. Yes. You know, come on, two gigs. Come <laughs> yeah. on, get that double paycheck. Yes. <laughs> when somebody is like, will you? I'm like, does it pay? Yes. In so many different ways, honestly. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That show is so Fine. I look forward to it so much. It's just we have two left. <laughs> what was it that I did today? Oh, I did, I did, ha 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 ha, ha on the beat, and you were dying. I oh my gosh, Andy, you saw the show, mm-hmm. so you already know. Like Foolish. people, if you're listening, how I became a pirate is one of the funniest things I have ever been a part of. Every day when we're walking up the steps, I laugh because I'm like, I know it's about to go down and it's going down in places that it's never gone down before. <laughs> Truly. Like, it, I await the chaos. The chaos <laughs> incarnate is that show, like pure yeah. chaos. Absolutely. So we were talking about Kinky Boots and how, you know, it was one of those roles that help you like get comfortable with yourself. One of my first roles that did that for me, is, I swear it was like the year I came out. 
Um, I was Carlos in Legally Blonde, mm. and I got to gallivant across stage. And, you know, it was the first time I was like experiencing like people like celebrate me for my femininity. And one thing I've kind of like been realizing like on my journey lately is me having to get used to like new things that are good for me, mm. or like getting used to acceptance. Because even with the people that I, in my community, I feel like the layers like going back and going back. But then sometimes I'm like, like I'm, sometimes I feel irritated and frustrated. I'm like, hmm. So all of a sudden, like, this is okay. Or everybody's <laughs> like, you know, some people overdo it. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, do you, do you, girl. And I'm like, uh-huh, thank you. I don't know you like that. But, and <laughs> you know, and I'm like, thank you. But I feel like, you know, sometimes it's overdone. But for me, I'm like, it's so interesting to now uh, look at things or see things. And I'm like, wow, just now everybody's finally like, you know what? You are a human being. Or, you know what? I shouldn't judge you. And, and I, I love that. But there is a part of me that's like, what took you so long yes, to, to yeah. understand this? And I'm grateful for the growth. But I feel like I've had to um, accept that. And I, it's me still learning those things or this journey. Mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to put my issues with like queerness to bed, but there is no bed. And I realized like, you know, because like there's still such a fight for many other people that I'm going to continue to be like a part of. Or when I see people like, you know, pointing at us or I'm always, I don't respond to everything, but there are certain things that I'm like, people are still in, you know, or that even though I don't want it to affect me, I really don't. I would love to be as unbothered as my grandfather. <laughs> I would love it, but I, I'd be bothered y'all. Yeah. But it's like, um, it's a great, it's a journey that's worth it. But I did have the role like Carlos that like one of the first roles that I was like, oh my gosh, like if I can be this like on stage, like I can do it mm-hmm. in my real life. And I had a friend actually say to me um, not too long ago, because oh, we were talking about some other guys we know. And he was like, that's what I like about you. You just kind of like always just like been yourself and I'm like, well, I kind of really didn't have a choice. Like before I felt like I was speaking up for people. I'm like, just being black and queer, like it's, I'm the odd one out or just the the other. So it seems like I'm doing this for a reason when I was just existing in that space before. So I know you said angels, um, but what are, are there any other roles that you felt like um, helped you open up or just made you more comfortable with yourself off stage as well? Yeah. I mean, um, Another show that, like, I fortunately get to do a lot is a chorus line. So, like, I've played Paul several times, um, and oh. he um, really just a lot of Paul's life experiences mirror a lot of the life experiences that I've experienced. So it kind of is, like, a healing place that I can get to while doing that. Because, like, he doesn't really there, – there's parts of him that just doesn't – feel comfortable in his queerness and in a in a world right now he he i don't know where he would be right like back then um he uh, he was who he was he even says and like in the monologue like he always knew he was gay he just what he didn't understand was that he didn't know how to be a boy and i think that's so poignant to now um and i still kind of think about it now too because um I think we all kind of grew up in a space where you could be gay or you could be queer, but you couldn't be effeminate. You had to like Mm -hmm. code switch. You had to like butch it up. And the only attractive 
gay men out there were these masculine butch men because they could pass as straight and kind of like similarly to um, what you're saying Mm -hmm. like it's really interesting to kind of be like wow there are beautiful non-binary people beautiful queer people that are showing up in life and they are wearing being whomever they want and they Mm -hmm. are like sexy as hell and it doesn't matter if they're if they're this that or there um but yeah that i mean considered in roles that for sure um and like a certain production i did this production of cinderella that was all poc or predominantly poc so like and it just brought a warm place to my heart because i grew up with the brandy cinderella i, <laughs> I, I cinderella, still cackle, we acknowledge <laughs> i still can't yeah. go thinking about brandy trying to sing that low harmony and whitney's saying why are you down there why <laughs> and it just um but within that production itself the director was a incredible um just person that really wanted us to embrace like our true authentic self and that true authentic self um would then translate to the choreography so like we were like it was still set in a place where we were going to a ball but the choreography was voguing and ballroom and hands and floor and modern and all these other great things and then on top of that they changed the lyrics specifically to say like um any person uh any person with an invitation can be the next queen so like there were a lot of our costumes were like i was like in like a this like fitted skirt but then i had trousers underneath and like this corset atop like it was really really that production was the point where like i could see people on stage saying we're not used to this but we get it, we see you, and we accept you for it. And that was a big, big shift in, in, in my life as a performer of just saying, yeah, you know, here it is. Mm-hmm. Even even a little kitten heel if I need to. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, when you sang, um, like, being able to pass, like, for, like, uh, what, how masculine you are, it, I got to a point to where I realized that I'm like, even for myself, I'm like, you know what? It, it wasn't just being gay. It was me being feminine. Mm-hmm. And then I had to now be able to, I had to realize, I figured all of this stuff out on my own, you know? But it took years of me like stressing about it, but I don't have that same stress thinking about it now. But I'm like, it was my femininity that was more of a problem for a lot of people because, you know, I'm supposed to be strong or the the man or the mm-hmm. masculinity when we all possess the same traits mm-hmm. and you know my mental strength is more important to me than my physical strength mm-hmm. but ha- like realizing that that was a new ordeal to like then take on and when i was in high school i played sports and i feel like i got to pass a little bit because not because they didn't think i was gay they just didn't want to be beat by the gay guy Mm -hmm. and i felt bad for the other guys i'm like i can't hide it but at least i play sports but some people just can't hide their femininity but not all it's not all queer people like i have male friends who were one of my good friends he was raised by his aunts and his grandmother and his mom so he has some female like mannerisms but you know i even feel bad for guys like that i'm like because y'all gonna just get thrown right under the bus too like 
And young guy, boys who are growing up not realizing, like, I'm like being called gay. I'm like, I wish people would think about what it even meant to them because they're using this word to describe things that it has nothing to do with. Yes. So, Anthony, what kind of, if you want to respond to that, you can, but I also want to know um, what roles that you felt like helped you, like, break out and, you know, like, sit into yourself. Um, I have not had the fortune of working in any, like, super queer shows. I have been in, like, the ensemble of, like, all these, like, tap shows, like, Anything Goes, or, like, White Christmas, or Holiday Inn, where I'm just, like, smiling and cheesing away. Um, but kind of cycling back to what we were talking about, it's, like, an industry thing, too, because I, this is something that has been ingrained in me since college. I remember taking a master class, and the term that they used in that master class was you're reading quote unquote light. And they were using that as a nicer way of saying you're reading very gay or very effeminate. And then they went on to explain how whenever someone walks into a room, we want to know that you're a masculine person. Like we, when so-and-so walks into the room, we know that they want to fuck a woman. And that's like what we want to see. And that's something that like, I've been like fighting against for myself. Like I've recently been uh, able to indulge in my feminine side in the most recent years. Like honestly, this COVID is an awful, awful, awful thing. But the one thing that I think it did really help was help the world look inward and look at like the the things that we were throwing on ourselves and the things mentally and emotionally that were affecting us um, in that time that we were able to rest and just think. And I think a lot of that is whenever a lot of our change started, specifically within our our line of work. Like there are so many beautiful works of like queer musicals coming out now and coming out of the woodworks that I'm just really excited for. Like um, I think I'm pretty sure Anne Juliet is a mm-hmm. pretty queer musical. Mm-hmm. Like we had Head Over Heels, which honestly was an like an amazingly beautiful telling of like gender and uh, identification and things like that. Um, the representation still matters so much. That's why like when mm-hmm. I'm watching Heartstopper or oh, um, so Love wholesome. Victor, if he's a young. Uh, uh, boy, he's Latinx, um, and a f- person of color, and he plays sports. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, I'm grown, 31, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like it is like euphoric to me. I'm like literally like releasing like these mm-hmm. pheromones in the air, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm like, I'm like, why am I feeling like this still? But it's like the kid in me is literally alive, mm-hmm. and it, it is doing something to me. And sometimes I just don't understand. And I do want to, and I'm like, there were a lot of times I'm like, should I seek back to like figure all of these things out or should I let it go? But now I'm realizing that it is okay to continue to understand this and that I still have like healing to do and growing to mm-hmm. do with it, especially because even I just feel like everyone has a closet, even if it's not queer, but about just like self acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so when I get a, a, a swift hint of it, of anyone, I'm like, oh no, baby, you, ah, you need to love yourself. I'm like the person back behind you, like, oh no, come on, here you go, go ahead, love yourself because like you don't, that, and not that you don't have that much time, but spend more time and effort into doing that mm-hmm. versus like anything else because I love it so much now, mm-hmm. and I had to deal with realizing that I didn't 
love myself. Then I'm like, it's just so many debacles to deal mm-hmm. to deal with. But you have to. It's hard though. It's like very hard to open that door and then confront the things that are pushing back against you or that you feel are a problem. And most of the time, they're not. Mm-hmm. Like being queer, being gay, not a problem. Cause like, I'm gonna live my life for me. And like, why should I live it to your standards? Because it's my life. You the know? first thing my counselor said to me was, do you have a problem with it? And this is me like, bitch, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, first of all, like, and I just felt like silly. Cause I'm like, yeah. well, no, I don't have a problem with it. And he was like, so what's the problem? And I'm like, Ugh. I guess nothing. <laughs> and I was just sitting there. I was just like, that should be okay, but why isn't it? Why isn't it okay for me to just be okay yep. with it? And then, but now I'm in that place, you know, or I wasn't completely not in that place, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be this struggle with mm-hmm. me feeling that way or feeling like, because, you know, when I came out, I was like, anybody can get slapped. If you want to fight with me, I'm ready to fight. Anybody got something to say? That was me, all ears. I was, I who, he, what? Oh, and I was like, so, I was angry, you know, but I'm like, I felt like I just had to be combative. Mm. I'm like, no, people have been saying things. So I just was talking to Trey yesterday, actually, and I said, you know what? I was, I was exerting so much because I felt like I had to make up for all of the times, like I said, no. And there was this huge, like, hole in the ground. So it took me some years to, like, fill it back up with, like, good fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I filled it up with, like, some bad things and I had to dig out of it. But I finally feel like I did reach a place where now I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, okay, I filled the hole up and now I'm, like, patting the ground. Yeah. Now I'm going to, like, maybe plant a tree or, you know, maybe some strawberries. <laughs> but I've, I've, um, it's been something that I've continued to work on, but I'm really like in this space right now mm. of realizing all of it mm. and like being in control or now I feel like it's on a silver platter and I'm like walking forward, but mm-hmm. I'm not, and I do want to share uh, and help people get to that space. Like I said, even mm. if it's not just for their queerness, but just like more self love. And I just think that's what my, my thing is. I'm like, I'm just so much about like, Please care and for yourself. You really do. Honestly, you have this light about you and it you just bring joy and happiness because you 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 appear so confident and so just happy because you're living in your true self or at least attempting to. Like some days I know it's harder right. than you others. <laughs> um, but there is a joy and a happiness and a light that comes from you that I have noticed. And like, I know that I'm happier when you're around because like I can't help but smile and laugh whenever you're around because it's just like a joyful time. And I, I, I'm pretty sure you feel that too. Like, yeah. When you were out with COVID and then we were like, Oh, well he's not going to be back at the house. Honestly. And then you moved out. I was was just like, I have to say everything. Lauren was like, get all your shit and get out. Like, I was like, wait, do I have to take all of my things? She was like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. But I do like it here. Yeah. And I it's had nice. a you know, bigger space. Yeah. And then I got a nice little dining room table. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's cool. Oh, uh, actually, circling back to a role that honestly, this contract has allowed me to be a little bit more effeminate thanks to this gay little thing over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> just because, like, the ability to say yes and to play and like where we have gone with flotsam and jetsam is just very effeminate very fun and gay and 
in this show, I have been able to do some like really fun makeup and the the makeup that we do is very drag-esque and uh, it's a way that I express my femininity is like through makeup and that kind of artistry. <laughs> I hate when, I'm sorry, 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 fans. I hate when my computer, I forget to mute it and it makes noises. The one that's the worst is the email. I'll be like, doo! I'm like, ugh. But it was the trash sound, which is actually quite accurate for what we're talking about. No, I'm, trash. uh. <laughs> trash. Trash. Trash, 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 trash. Um, but the one thing that I will say that I've been able to grow in in this show is being comfortable in physically being effeminate because I I personally struggle with uh well like my body build and things like that. I'm not your typical like what anyone would think of as an effeminate gay because I am more of a stocky human. Um and like living in those movements and things like that is very different for me. And being able to like watch you and being able to say yes uh to these movements and things has been really fun and been like pretty freeing for me um does it look the most amazing on my body type i who's to say who's to say i'm sure it looks great because i'm having a great time um, it's so crazy to me how strong we have these like things that are not physical like not actual like something that you can mm-hmm. take it's just this thought mm-hmm. that we're saying like that my body type doesn't look good in and it's like up to you or whoever else thinks that like Correct. Mm-hmm. and it's um i did the color purple i'm about to do it again but i'm the sun this time the first time i did it because i was doing it in my hometown and i'm a black man and how i've always struggled with my masculinity and then my voice is extremely high i had such a difficult time so the six out of the eight weeks that we had to do the show i felt like i was complete trash like Mm -hmm. i'm like I was just struggling about like how I was going to present this strong black male who was Mr. In this movie that is very big. You were Mr. And, yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> the movie was very like, you know, instrumental. Like it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Classic. So I'm like, how do I present this? And I'm like so hard on myself about it. Even though I feel like I have like a masculine side and that I could mm-hmm. imitate whatever. I'm, and I like my feminine and masculine side, which I had to, it's a balance Mm -hmm. that I had to get to, but I felt like I couldn't even begin to be okay with my masculine side because I was like, you know, I made to feel such a way about my feminine side that I needed to explore all of it. Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. the same way about like being attracted to women. I'm like, I can never be with a woman unless I'm able to just understand and be okay with and deal with this. Mm -hmm. I can never be with the woman because of, I'm like, this is such chaos. (laughs) Word of the summer um, that I needed to deal with that all. But like um, I eventually had a breakthrough and then like after it just feels so silly. I'm like, I'm like, why was I so, but it's the expectation. It's my, it's been my whole life. Mm -hmm. It's been an issue Mm -hmm. my whole life. And as to where sometimes like things like that are so heavy to me Mm -hmm. and people don't understand or they're like, you don't you don't need to be like that way. I'm like, you, it's literally chains. Like, you can't see them, but they're, like, it's been paralyzing. It mm-hmm. was paralyzing at some point for me. Like, 
And that's why it's like so heavy, even in my breathing. I'm like, these things are so heavy for me or they mean so much to me. So mm -hmm. even us having this conversation, but whoever may listen to this, you know, right. and just yeah. having it for us, it's just like, it's very important to me. And I appreciate it. Like, we're still yeah. all growing. We're still yeah. all learning about ourselves. And we are in the, I feel like even when it comes to like technology or certain things, there are certain parts of generations where like people before us, it was a complete no. And then we grew up and it was like, no. But Will and Grace. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and now we're in a complete, yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. our transition through it, like, mm -hmm. we came, when we were alive, there was some technology, and then there was more, and now it's technology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to people before us, it was like black and white TV, no sound. Like, what? Right. Or, like, some of these little kids don't know what it was like to not have cell phones. Or to not. call to get on the internet. Hey, um, <laughs> then my dad said, call you to get on the internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here right now. Yeah, uh, the, the man's running. <laughs> or having to wait till like 9, 10 p.m. when you know no one's going to call to then be able to get on the internet yeah. to then wait like 10 minutes for one page to mm -hmm. load. And we've lived <laughs> like significant parts of our lives in like a, a era that was just changing constantly. Yep. Mm -hmm. There is no mm -hmm. constant. And even mm -hmm. today, it's like even when I mentioned it with the polls at the um at, uh, at the theater, but I'm like, it, what does it say about us that every time there's a poll and there's a question, somebody is like, I don't like this question. I'm going to make another one. And then I was like, just answer this question. Mm -hmm. Can you make a decision? And even though like it's not like serious, I'm like, it's really interesting to me that people come in here and they're like, I don't want to answer this. I'm making my own poll. <laughs> Doesn't I'm like, well, it has to represent something. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe that was me a couple times. But <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people I did. I think I did it one day. I was like, neither. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, no, answer one of these. Yeah. Just choose. There's no context to the questions most of the time. No. So yeah, you can yeah, make it what you want. Yeah. But people are like, no. I was like, this is a little funny. It's interesting. But I wonder why people are just like not going to answer this question. It'll be like four small polls on the side. <laughs> but um, either way, like I, like I was saying about um, our conversation, it is um, very important to me. And that's why like these television shows of like these teenagers mm -hmm. are, make, are making me like flutter on the inside mm -hmm. and I'm like mm -hmm. I know like I feel this way and I'm wondering like how everyone else feels but I'm in a space now to have patience for the other side mm -hmm. so for when people are like this is a lot um, I'm like I get it like when a song is always played when it's a new song is consistently played mm -hmm. so like I'm, I'm like trying to have like an understanding but I don't have an understanding for like any light dimming but for me um, there's a show I watch P-Valley mm -hmm. and there's sex scenes of same sex couples um, uh, opposite sex couples and you know when they have the same sex male guys having sex it's an issue or the people who I call my community or my peers or the people I'm friends with on Facebook who live in my city. Like I take those comments in my city a lot more than I do about like the world, which I do as well. But I'm like, this is my community. And mm -hmm. if we go, like, if I'm going to be mad or upset or say something about somewhere, I'm saying something here and yes, it's Facebook, but we know each other. We are connected. Mm -hmm. We I'm seeing y'all post y'all feelings. And, and there are a lot of times I see stuff and I'm like, well, how can y'all, be okay with me. Like when the guys are kissing, I'm like, if y'all are so disgusted by this, like, are you disgusted by like me and Trey? Because like, it can't be like, oh no, not y'all. I'm like, I know. That just don't fly with me, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm not always 
I'm not always responding to it, but, and I'm not trying to find an issue with it. I don't want to be bothered, but when I see it, I'm just like, y'all very vocal about this and very free to be vocal about this. And I'm not trying to be offended because I'm still trying to understand as they're still trying to understand. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm not offended. I'm just wondering like, what type of work or effort are you going to put into understanding or, you know what? It might not be for you, but how can you find it so different? for this sex scene versus this sex right. scene. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like, I'm like, we get one. It's still, <laughs> everybody else on the show is straight having sex. Yeah. There's 10 scenes of that. Well, I mean, it's like, it, it's like we are s- people, my, I, where I kind of draw the line is like, people will be like, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't show two men kissing or this sex scene or whatever. But I'm like, Y'all were fine when we were 10, 11, 12 years old seeing a straight couple do this and seeing this in a TV show or seeing this in a movie. And it's like... Even The Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's like... They kiss so long. It's like the idea of like how... Why, when, where, how, what? How is it that when it comes to like LGBTQ couples that the immediate thing that they see is like is the physical act of sex versus like the physical act of affection yes. which is what you're basically doing with your wife right or your mm-hmm. your partner or whomever and that was like god that all these kind of laws that has been going down in Florida and everywhere of like well we don't I, we think these kids are too young to be exposed to this this and this and yes there is a time and place to have those conversations, mm-hmm. absolutely. But also, you then have to put that into your shoes too. Like they grow up and they see their parents, loving parent. Maybe you no, know, maybe they're in separate families. Maybe they have several parents, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. But you are comfortable with everyone knowing about that, but you're not comfortable with knowing about other families, like single parent families or families that adopt or families that um, have both two fathers, two mothers, three parents. Like, it's just, it is so, I, I don't know where, how to change it or how the world would change, but it's like, we are not just like the sex that we have or the people that we choose to have sex with. There, I think people are putting it on gay men, but I'm like, I say man first, gay second. I'm like, you're trying to put it on the fact that I am gay. I am a man. And y'all talk about straight men the same way. You call straight men dogs for whatever. And all they do is want to run around and have sex. And I'm like, but with us, it's it's men and men. So it just has increased. But if y'all are having just as much sex as we are, if everyone's just having sex, why are we just looked at mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the, like you said, this sexual act, like it's going down right here. Mm-hmm. The first thing is like, well, they, they're too young for that. I just told this guy I was friends with and he's like, you know, I wouldn't want you and Trey to kiss over here. And I'm like, your kids play video games, shooting and killing people all day. Oh my gosh. Yes. All day. And are you, and you're okay with that, mm-hmm. but you're telling me. And I'm like, also, that's not going to make your sons gay if they are not. No. It may make them think about it. But they may think about that when they mm-hmm. see you kiss. Because you inter- it, like you interpret things like, oh, mommy loves daddy, so they kiss on the mouth, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go kiss somebody I love. 
on the mouth. It's not always sex. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just interpretation of like what this means to you. I I love, but a lot of the times some things do get caught up in sex when people care. Mm-hmm. I've it's been I was that person, but I'm like it. Why is it so sexual with yeah. us all the time? Yeah. Also, like, do these kids have a phone? Are you monitoring every single bit they of things that they're taking in? They go to school with other kids whose parents may be okay with who knows what. They're going to be learning. Correct. They're going to be cussing. They're going to yeah. be having little boyfriends, little girlfriends. Yeah. They're doing all of the things that we did. Yeah. But then if it's like, if it's like, well, we don't feel comfortable. If they're, if them as parents are like, we don't feel comfortable with, you know, you and your partner kissing in front of my child, then they need to call every single one of their friends that brings their partner over and say, we don't feel comfortable with you kissing in front of my child. Mm-hmm. Because if that if that's what it is, they, they right. only want to talk about the relationship in their home, then they got to make sure that their cousins, aunts, uncles, whomever, whoever comes over mm-hmm. is like, yeah, hey, we don't want you all to show affection to your right. partner in this house. Go talk to your kids and be like, look, it's about to be two men kissing and y'all don't do that. If that's what you want to tell your kids, that's what you want to tell your mm-hmm. kids. But you don't need to bring that to mm-hmm. me. I was just like, uh, the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, Girl, that that kid. Why is that kiss from Little Mermaid so long? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, twice. <laughs> I honestly was like, you know what? Let's make it a gag. So like, uh, you we close, we end the show. Blackout. Oh, sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> blackout. Spoiler alert. Blackout. But then like in bows, they're still just there. Like. <laughs> locked at the face you know i think that'd be really funny and then when their bow comes they're like oh it's time for us to bow and then they stop kissing so we have been here for a while so i do want to ask a few more questions before we wrap okay, up okay, okay. um what is something that you feel like you learned about yourself during this experience for me um honestly like i was already talking about it's like living physically in femininity has always been hard for me just like physicality in general is something that like i look at and for myself i i enjoy a a masculine presentation um but i also love indulging in my feminine side and other aspects and being able to indulge in that more so than normal as flotsam has been really fun and expansive for me. So do you think there's a difference and do do you feel differently about the difference of strength and masculinity or what, what are the differences for those two things? Um, fluidity, honestly. Um, I feel for me personally that, mass like my masculine stance and the way that I act is very uh not stoic stoic is the wrong word very tense and very um like solid whereas with being more effeminate I'm allowed to like flow and use more aspects of my body than just remaining as like a solid piece of rock. I'm allowed to be more fluid. Granted, like we are fish in the seas. So like we are emulating, like swimming through water as best as we can. Um, But uh, that would be the difference for me is fluidity. Like I feel like being more effeminate, I'm allowed to be more fluid in my movements and a little looser, I guess I would say, as far as like, my uh i hate saying movements over again but movements you know 
Because I definitely find strength in the um, times I have to be masculine, but also like for my femininity. Because a little pop of that hip, <laughs> you know, oh, I feel like strength in that. Femininity too. can be very, mm-hmm. very, very, very powerful. Like, uh, I. I'm trying to think of like a specific moment. Like honestly, whenever Ursa goes body language, and I just throw hips and hips and hips and, body, and hips, <laughs> and like it's it feels so good, you know. And just like living in like my arms and like my shoulder movements and like allowing myself to go further than I have before. I've still got like more to grow, more to learn, more to more to feel, but that that's for me, that's it. Same question. Um child, I ain't learned jack shit. I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> no. <Don't be>. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I think I have I've learned more of kind of how I handle myself in social and group presentations um, because I very much like in previous contracts I kind of just did it went there did the work went to my room and then went from there and now and I think that itself was a sense of like I don't know if I was necessarily comfortable with myself and all the you know all the Mm -hmm. treasures and gifts that I had to bring to the table Um, especially because a lot of these times when you go to these out-of-state contracts, there's a good mixture of local people or people that have been on contract together. So you kind of get this, like, sense of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they everyone kind of, like, you find your click, right? Right. Um, And for this one, I was, like, it's my first one that I've done post-pandemic that's been outside of my home state. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to come in, and I'm just going to, be who I am. I'm going to be mm-hmm. exactly who I am. And people can eat, fuck the dumb. They can either take it or they can leave it. And, um, it's and it was been, everything. And we fucking live for and it. And said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell um, you. So that, that's probably the it's thing that, that I will take away. Clips, dips, spins, dumbest Okay, well, you know, before we go, do you guys have any questions for me? Your host, James Major Burns. Who's your favorite eel? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you dare. (laughs) Okay, but the real question is who is the beauty? (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Anthony, what's your question? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I don't really have any questions. That's fine, too. Y'all ain't got to have a question. Oh, how was your experience yeah. with the Little Mermaid? Ooh, child. <laughs> Let me tell y'all. You know what? It was a really nice experience for me. I, the first day, like, you know, like, I've been different since um, 2020 as well. Like, and, mm. um, and also just, you know, just the last five years, I felt like I was almost being going into like an introvert stage of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just feel like I'm in a, a different place or I'm in a separate group. So like as to where, you know, the people in their early twenties are young to me sometimes. And I just feel like I learned um, patience with myself or with others. And just like, uh, I feel like I have um, just a stronger foundation 
as a person like coming into it, but I feel like I just built on that or just, I feel like I got a better understanding of what I want to do and, um, how to do it because, um, I don't, I haven't auditioned for a show and I couldn't tell you how long. Mm. And I got through this through a connection from doing like the color purple. So Mm. how I heard about this. Um, so I was like, you know what? I think I know exactly what I want to do now. Always knew what I want to do, but I just, I'm in a place now that I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Onward and upward. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever actually, this is my question for you. Have you ever understudied before no. with guaranteed performances? No, I've never understudied before. Oh, I was a headliner. <laughs> 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 but no, I was I not, nor was I ever a Vegas showgirl. <laughs> I was, was a headliner. headliner. <laughs> Not now, nor have I ever been in Las Vegas. That's one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, Ooh, love it, love so women. Um, but no, yeah. it's my first time, and that that was the thing that was exciting is the challenge and, and you know a little nerve. Okay, I was like, wow, I got to do both of these and be in the ensemble. Hmm, how am I going to do this? I got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then the way my mind works is this, like all four mm-hmm. at the same time. I can't. And then I had to finally breathe and calm down and be like, okay. Get this done. Learn all the Tritons because I'm mm-hmm. doing that definitely. Learn, and I did Sebastian before, mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, I remember some of these just off my, the yeah. top of my dome. But then, like, just having to place all of it, and then I ain't did a show in six months either. So I was like, coming to here, mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody, y'all dancer dancers. I said, oh, okay, let me go ahead and do what I gotta do. Stretch this little body. Start going to the gym. Uh, but I feel good. I feel really good. good. I felt like this was a good step in the a direction I wanted to go in of like being the person I need to be for change. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. And that's actually something that is very good to have under your belt as far as like post COVID times, like being a swing or being an understudy, because you never know. You just never know at this point in right. time. Ready every day. Like how you, I be asking Sebastian, I'm like, you good? I heard you coughing. <laughs> you good? Let me know. Let me know tonight. I wake up and be like, let me take your temperature. Open your mouth. <laughs> you looked a little sweaty yesterday. It was just hot. Oh, okay. Just check it, baby. Right. Just check. And let me tell you, she was the most amazing Triton yeah. with that. Ooh, baby. With those hips and that <laughs> swerve. Oh, right. I said, I'm going to have to put it on one more time before I go just to get some nice pictures in there. Oh, most yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to bring my camera up at some point and get oh. some like good pictures. Okay, we will. Yeah. But you know what? If y'all ain't got nothing else to say, you can let the people know where you where you want them to find you. But I think it's a wrap. It's been really lovely having Eel number one and Eel number two. Ooh, yes, Eel number one. Show. That is me. Thank you, Christopher Melfeld. I love you both. And this is an experience. I think it's a beautiful experience to like live with people and then like you know create bonds and stuff. Because if you would have went to your room every day, I'd be like, damn, I want to get to know Andy. <laughs> he just wanted to be like. Come out. I'll be like, hey, because I've I've done it before. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, I ain't gonna be mad. So so I want to be in a room, but you know, we out here if you want to come, and I'll invite them. But after so long, I don't invite. I'm like, all right, you want to be in your room, be in your room. But no, it has been lovely. Um, and I'll be seeing you, Anthony, (gasps) again soon. So soon. And hopefully, you know, next year when they do this Little Mermaid again, I'll be either King Triton or Sebastian. You know, hopefully one of them. But um, why not both? I think I can do it. It's not like there are any things. I'm gonna give you a, 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 a silky nutmeg ganache and yes. Barbie girl. Yes. All right, y'all. Well, this has been the third degree with James Major Burns, Anthony Christopher Milfelt, Andy Nguyen Yam. Y'all have a good night.